Thanks for listening to Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. It has been said that history is really His story, the story of God showing His grace and mercy to the people He has created. That grace and mercy is on clear display in the Gospels as we see our Jesus living and dying for the sins of the world. But His story continues. The story of the early Christian church is his story as well. We are glad that you have chosen to read that story with us, as together we read chapter by chapter through the book of Acts. We'll review the stories of God's grace and mercy on his infant church, and celebrate that same grace and mercy that we know and experience today. We are glad to have you studying and growing with us. Here's the next episode of our podcast and the discussion of the next chapter of the book of Acts. Thanks for being back with us. Another episode of Most Certainly True podcast. We're so glad to have you here as we're walking through the book of Acts. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman, and I'm here uh, with Pastor Jim Hebner. How are you today? Fine, thanks. And it's great to be together again. It's just um, what a treat to take a look at this book. We had mentioned, I think, in a previous podcast about how this is one of those Bible books. It's hard to even put down because the story just unfolds and you just marvel at the mercy and power and majesty of our God and and that this is one of those cases, if we're going to take a look at chapter 4, following right on the heels of chapter 3, once you're done with that chapter, you know you want to keep going. And <laughs> sure enough, here we are talking about the follow-up, because after the miracle and the message that Peter gave to the people, they get into some hot water as the authorities are now coming down on them. Yeah. So the book of Acts talks about the life of the church, and, and we get to see it as... Um, as the church grows, you get next week to to function in the in a, a role for our <laughs> yeah. church, our worldwide church body, huh? You get to yeah, I do. Much tell our podcast listeners the fun you get to have next week. Oh yeah, that'll that's um, every two years the twelve districts of our church body we regionally divvied up the lower forty eight and Alaska and Hawaii into twelve districts, and so our whole church body meets in convention in the odd years and the even years the districts meet and they have a business of the church to talk about besides elections of their whether they reelect or elect a new district president and so um I hear, I hear there's some debate amongst the district presidents as to who presides over the largest district in the country is this true I, it's it's not a debate they <laughs> they all know that if you're talking about congregations we have Midwestern districts right. that are larger than our district is a Southeastern Wisconsin district. And there are four other districts with more congregations. But by everybody knows that by number of called workers, pastors, teachers, staff ministers, that our district is double any other district. So, But yeah, I, I'm privileged as a part of the Senate Presidium to, we divvy up the 12, and so President Schrader and second VP Joel Voss and I will each visit four. Yep. And it, it's they all happen within these two weeks. So um, I'm I'm thrilled to be able to do it. But it's a little tricky on the you know get your airplane. So Monday I'll fly to Denver and be there for the 
afternoon worship, late afternoon worship service and the fellowship time so I can uh, greet the brothers and in faith and sisters in Christ and and spend some time enjoying that camaraderie and fellowship and any encouragement you can do on the side. is more informal than anything. And then the next morning early, I'll fly from Denver to Minneapolis and be in New Ulm where they have at the college, they'll host the Minnesota District Convention. So I'll be there for the afternoon and evening on Tuesday and then um, crash near the airport so that I can get up early on Wednesday morning and fly to Tampa and be for the South Atlantic South District Atlantic. will be actually it's east of Tampa out into the north of St. Petersburg area and Clearwater, sort of a little bit north of that where they have a resort where the district meets. That South Atlantic District usually does that Whereas in some of our big Midwestern districts, they'll either choose a Lutheran high school that has accommodations for their district, or like here in our district, we'll be at um, Wisconsin Lutheran College. They can accommodate a crowd. And um, some of the other districts will be meeting at a prep school or our college in South Michigan or Watertown and Wisconsin or New Ulm. But in the Pacific Northwest, you would generally meet what at the in Tacoma at the at, at the high school Evergreen there? Lutheran High School. Yeah, yeah. So there so, would be a high school accommodating your. It had been in the high school actually moved while I was up there. Yeah, they had been um, in the Des Moines, in, right? Yep, Des Moines Holy and, Trinity, and then the high school uh, was blessed to be able to purchase a campus mm-hmm. and uh, uh, ready to move into school. Yeah, I've been there. So it's a very was, nice facility. Yeah, it really is nice. Yeah, so I'm glad for that high school and for the district that they can meet there at a nice facility. But uh, South Atlantic doesn't have such, uh, so they'll choose a resort. The same is true in North Atlantic District. It's a smaller district, but they'll meet at a, you know, they'll gather and stay at a hotel, but meet at a church nearby. And uh, I actually happened to, uh, I don't know if they're having it at the same place, but I spent two summers down in Florida and got to go along uh, with the pastor that I was oh. kind of shadowing to the, the district convention. Yeah, so. they had been circling around Seminole, Florida, where right. they would have the host church. Bay Pines. Right? Bay Pines, right, yeah. somewhere in the, and then, um, but that, they outgrew that. Okay. So now they're just doing all their worship and everything at a resort. Right. I'll be in the North, Nebraska district, which is a, kind of a funny uh, term because half of the district is, is small towns in the big cities of Nebraska, but the other half is like Colorado and into Utah. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they switch off, and this time we'll be in the actual Denver area at, they'll stay at a hotel, but they'll be gathering at um, our, one of the congregations on the north side in Thornton, one okay. of the suburbs. So yeah. I'll get a chance to see our former Pastor Bondo. I was Bondo. just going to say, you'll yeah. get to see Pastor Bondo. It'll be so fun. Yeah. So, so we'll have a chance send to him, hang out a little bit. Send him our greetings. We will do just, <laughs> I will do just that. Yeah. Happy to look forward to that. So, but well, yeah, that's a little itinerary, boring thing for podcasters, but I'm honored I and thrilled and humbled to, uh, cool to do thing. it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a rare treat and privilege to be able to see other parts in our church body and support and encourage them. I do happen to know that the president of the Pacific Northwest District claims Alaska as his, uh, and rightfully so, and then claims the largest geographic district. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have as many called workers or churches, but they have geogra- geography. That's... Being that Alaska is about two thirds the size of the lower forty-eight, <laughs> I think uh, that takes the cake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in distance and stuff. So, yeah, it's been. Uh, I'll do that this time, and then uh, and uh, enjoy the trip home. Really, so we get back at it here and can focus on our 
projects that we're working on this summer here at Grace Church and organizing, and it was pretty exciting. Are you going to be back to be regular pastor guy for our district convention? Yeah, in fact, that is the of the four, that'll be my fourth. I'm, yeah, be four. I'm, I okay. get to represent the Presidio oh, District. you do. Plus, so you don't even get to be normal pastor guy. I, I don't, you have to I be both. Just, <laughs> yeah, I will be there as normal pastor with delegate. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll have our lay delegate along with us too. It'll be great to have. And So each church gets a lay delegate representing besides their called workers and yeah, that'll be interesting for our district because we'll be electing a new district president in our yes. southeastern Wisconsin district. So exciting to see how that happens and look forward to working with the uh, the new person. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, that sounds like smooth sailing and everything, but we had a mission event here at Grace, and, you know, we just wish that, you know, hundreds of Grace members would be able to take advantage of it. And we didn't have that larger crowd, but, boy, on the Ascension Eve this a week ago, really Thursday, because we're on a Wednesday right now. So the previous was the ascension of our, we're kind of dating ourselves for this podcast, but the presentation by Professor Bear from the seminary who works with our Pastor Studies Institute globally was just fascinating. And to hear the kind of things that Christians around the globe go through in order to hang close to Jesus, it takes you right to the book of Acts and watch these apostles getting flack yeah. for just standing up and loving the Lord and proclaiming clearly what he did. And that's what's happening here in chapter four, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, still today, but these, I just, it's its really interesting to me that in these, in this chapter, there are some Bible passages that ring in my ears that will always remain part of our heart and our theology and the things that are, you know, Peter gets this, I'm in, you know, thrown in jail overnight and then brought out in front of the authorities. And he just speaks up and says, you know, if we're called to account because of an act of kindness, well, you know, just know that it's not us, but Jesus who did it. And then you have that classic Bible passage that we hope, you know, all Christians would have in their hearts and minds because the exclusivity of Christianity is something that goes counter to our culture. Our culture wants to think that, well, all the religion, you know, the coexist bumper sticker, for example, right. just, you know, there's different paths. There's there's some kind of a God out there, whoever that might be or whatever it might be. But all the religions kind of go the same way. We all believe the same thing. We all no, no, Christianity is exclusive. It's mm-hmm. the only religion that God does it all. It's the only among world religions. You could think of Eastern religions or Islam or Judaism or whatever, it's the only religion that has the three things, right? The Bible, and it's all true, and it has the doctrine of the Trinity, that God is three in one, and that God alone saves us. Every other religion, they're missing one of those three, if not all of them, if you want to call it a religion. And Peter stands up and boldly proclaims, this is salvation is found in no one else. Right. That's that's an exclusive message, and we, we're unashamed to say that. The Christian church is inclusive of all who trust in Jesus, but is exclusive in that he is the way and the truth and the life. He's the only way. And that passage stands out in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Yeah. It's not, salvation's not found in myself. Yeah. And it's not found in anyone else. It's found in him. Yeah. In Jesus himself. Which follows right on the heels of that classic quote from the Psalms about the stone the builders rejected. And that, you know, Jesus used that passage in his stories and. The apostles using it here, that's really an interesting 
passage, when we think about this cornerstone of the church is Jesus, but it crushes those who reject him. And yeah. yet it remains at the, the law side of it, and then the gospel, the good news side of it, he's the foundation for the church. Uh, a few things ring in my ears and mind as I read Acts chapter 4. Yeah. One is the number of times that Jesus tells his disciples, take heart if they persecute you. <laughs> That's the that's the way they treated the prophets, and that's the way they treated me. Yeah, um, you're in good company if you. Yeah, endure John's persecution. gospel. He said that, yeah. right? Yeah, and and now look at this before the very same two uh, two headed high priest of Annas yeah. and Caiaphas, but before the very same Sanhedrin that had sentenced Jesus to death. <laughs> now here, Peter and John are sitting in the same seat. What a contrast through. from the fear they had on Easter evening. Remember that? Hiding. Right. And then the Lord Jesus appears, and then 10 days later, it gives them this courage, and now they stand up and they're just not afraid. Right. And what, what would you say? A couple months later? Yeah. If that? If that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so really remarkable. That's one of the things that struck me. And then another um, is is here in verse 4, or at 3 and 4, I guess. Peter and John get seized, thrown in jail. Verse 4. But many who heard the message <laughs> believed, so the numbers of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Yeah, in spite so of the persecution. The leaders of the church are getting thrown in prison, and the church is growing nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because Jesus is, is blessing the efforts, because the Holy Spirit has actually kept his promise to come and pour himself out on the people yeah. in, in miraculous and wonderful ways, because God's promise of, of guiding and blessing the church, it's coming true. Um, which which is grand encouragement for us who are called into full-time ministry work and all of our podcast listeners and members who as Christians follow the Lord Jesus that in spite of flack, it's really not us who do the converting, but we just proclaim the message and and let the Holy Spirit go to work, flack or not. That's, that's what we're here to do and glad to do it. And uh, that takes me to memory bank time with... Um, as we go through the chapter, we mentioned that highlight verses from verse 11 and 12 with the stone the builders rejected and then salvation and no one else. But um, when they're continually being told, stop speaking, then we have in verse 20, you know, that famous, we can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. Right. And that one is sort of drilled into my mind from... Many decades ago, I was a senior at the seminary and um, privileged to serve as the president of the chorus, and we were going on a choir tour. And as president of the chorus, then I had the privilege of being the preacher for that you'd have a little five to seven minute sermonette, you know, in the middle of the concert. And I was scratching my head at what should I, Bible passage should I use? And I remember having a conversation, I believe it was with my dad, and he was the one who suggested that. Acts chapter 4, verse 20, we can't help speak. So that would apply nicely for future pastors who are members of the chorus, and you could use that as a, a springboard to encourage people to do the same thing. You know, when you think about what God has done for us, well, you can't help talking about it, you know. So that passage has always been drilled into my memory banks and blazoned on my mind as a, a grand testimony for what the Savior has done for us. Yeah, I love the verse uh, right before that. Peter asked Peter and John asked them, "Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? <laughs> you be the judges." 
you're God's leaders. You're the you're the religious <laughs> leaders of the day. Tell me religiously, in your opinion, which is better to listen to people or to listen to God himself? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. You be the judge. Yeah. <laughs> like no. Oh, really. Pretty interesting. One of those uh leaves them kind of speechless. It sure does. And then and of course, once let go, the chapter continues with this remarkable account that they go and report what had happened to them, and the believers break into this joyful prayer of thanksgiving and honor to God for <laughs> what he has done in Christ. And, you know, you're the, the creator who has, you're up in the heavens while all the people on earth might be against your message. Psalm 2 is one of those, you know, God's up there and he's chuckling away. You can do what you want, earthly rulers, and you can be against me, but I'm still going to get my message out. It's just, I, right. I love that, that they include that in there. Psalm what, 2. What a just remarkable, specific fulfillment of <laughs> of those words that were spoken so many years before. Um, here's Here's what David was talking about. Yeah. When he offered his praise to God and um, spoke of his supremacy um, these kings of the earth they may not they may not get on board they might not listen but god's gonna win regardless it is quite a testimony though here in this chapter isn't it about the impact of the message of god's love and forgiveness and um, what he's done for us and that, what that did for these people and they have you know this uh obviously the message they're unloading their prayer life, their the power that they have in this that message that touches lives and turns people around. And then as a chapter winds down with the impact that had in their daily life and the way they use their possessions, that you know, some some have, I think, mistakenly assumed that this is at the end of the chapter some kind of a biblical mandate for communism. Right. And that that isn't necessarily the case. It just simply is a testimony to how the Christians live. We today have the privilege of sharing our blessings um, with our financial offerings and support of the ministry of our congregation. And then you mentioned things about our church body. I mean, that's really what the purpose of the church body it is, to get the good news of Jesus out, not only throughout America, but globally. Right. How can we do things together right. that we could never accomplish on our yeah. own? We could never do run a seminary by myself yeah. as one solo Christian. I couldn't open up a world mission right. by myself. But together we can do all those things and more. And and then you think about even some of the specifics that we're seeing in our world today with political upheaval in Eastern Europe and stuff like that. But we as a church body, you can do this individually. You could not only support your um, congregation with gifts, but also demonstrate this kind of sharing spirit that they had in Acts 4 with gifts that are channeled from our church body through to people in Eastern Europe who are suffering it under war. And it's really a, a reliving of Acts chapter 4 at the end, how the believers had all their possessions in common. They just took care of each other. They didn't have Social Security, didn't have Medicare, they didn't have all that kind of stuff, you know. But out of love for what Jesus had done for them, they gladly shared uh, what they had. And I, I find it interesting the Bible writer Luke is bringing in a character that is going to show up later in the book too, a son of encouragement. Barnabas is what his name means, right? Um, 
he's he's also one who willingly shared of his possessions and he's mentioned there by name right a little foreshadowing to um <laughs> barnabas says he's going to join paul uh, later on the first on paul's first missionary journey and he's mentioned with his hebrew name joseph and a levite you know but then he also had this additional name barnabas right. son of encouragement son of encouragement you know it just makes me wonder about how he got that nickname you know what what was it about him? Must have been known for being an encouraging guy, right? Someone yeah. who always had the right thing to say, someone who went out of their way to yeah. lift people up. Um for those who are hurting or lonely or afraid or whatever, he just came alongside and spoke the the kinds of words that they needed to hear and he was just known for that. So that's a that's quite a nickname, I right. And now to be recorded on the pages of scripture as that that's yeah. your defining characteristic is yeah. that's pretty remarkable. Something to strive for. I know in my life I I don't think anybody would ever give me that kind of a nickname, sadly, but I I think about that once in a while. So you have the application of what we read in our Bible uh, podcast reading and other Bible studies that you know when you see some of the modeling of the believers and you have first of all the conviction. I have not lived that way. Ooh, boy, I've been too selfish, too self-centered. And then with Jesus in there with his pardon and his powerful resurrection to guarantee it's all true, then we have the motivation and energy to say, maybe this is something to strive for that we can gladly do. It's a, it's a marvelous thing to see how that operates in a congregation, whether you were serving in a smaller group in Alaska or whether a large group here, to watch how people care for one another and it's, the outpouring of gifts and kindness, not just greetings too, but in it's it's just a remarkable thing to see God's people just unfold from their hearts with their with their lives, yeah. and sharing in common. Whether that's financial gifts or sharing time or being an encouragement, yeah. I hear stories all the time about people that are going through medical problems or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so and so reached out to me because they. Uh, or a cancer survivor, they had the same thing going on. That's just natural. Yeah. The stuff that, you know, we pastors would say, oh, I, I sure hope we could figure out a way to bring <laughs> some encouragement to this person, and it's already happening. Yeah. We don't even have to nudge or... It's, um, it's just a cool thing to marvelous. see. Yeah. To see the family of believers at work. and It's one of those things that, again, just kind of dating our podcast, but it's one of those things that the pandemic did that really... You know, besides, you know, we okay, we're not worshiping or, you know, because we had to shut down for three months or whatever it was. And then we're limited in seating and stuff. But this putting fear in people's minds and hearts about gathering and about being together with fellow believers. It's one of the joys of as we move through this and maybe everybody eventually gets sick and gets recovered, we just live with it. But to get back to people's comfortability, because that's an important thing that we can demonstrate one another's the, the connection we have with each other, and uh, certainly with the Lord's Supper, right, as we receive our hug from Jesus, it's also a public thing that we're giving testimony of our unity. It's not just the greeting on the sidewalk or in the gathering area before and after church. Hi, I haven't seen you for a week. But this worship experience and prayer and singing and communing together that lives out Acts chapter 4. Yeah, that's really what the church is, right? Yeah. The gathering of believers yeah um so what a great thing what a blessing that's been to to be restored to that and 
Uh, Hopefully it'll continue on the growth mode, right? As the early church grew, so we want to to grow in our love for each other and in our love for his promises and word and trust. Yep, so that we can grow uh, spiritually and and mature uh, in faith and uh, so that we can grow numerically as the gospel is spread in our midst and and by us and through us um, so that they can see the... Um, so that the church can grow the way that we see it grow here in, yeah. in Acts. Living out the urgency of salvation is in no one else because we can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. Yeah. And that's what we want to live out yeah. here as we... What we've seen and heard, it's... It's most, actually yeah, most, yeah, certainly most certainly true. true. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot of information about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.